Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1350, Food Guilt, by Jesse Neeland of jessenealand.com. And I'm Dr. Neil Malik, reading you some of the most popular health and fitness blogs out there, with permission from the websites, and always with a bit of my commentary at the end. Now, we have a few shows where we narrate articles for you. Just search for Optimal Living Daily wherever you're hearing this to find all of them. And with that, let's get right to today's post as we optimize your life. Food Guilt by Jesse Neeland of jessenealand.com. Let's talk about food guilt. As you may already know, if you took my free Be a Body Rebel mini course, I am not okay with food guilt. Not only is it a huge waste of your time and attention to obsess over what you put in your mouth, but the guilt that tends to accompany food for a lot of people has a way of sucking all the pleasure and joy out of eating. The thing about the emotion of guilt is that it's supposed to signal when you've done something wrong and need to set it right. If you thoughtlessly hurt someone's feelings, for example, you might feel a bit guilty and feel the need to apologize. Guilt is actually really useful in that way. But guilt about food comes from the idea that eating is wrong and that when you've eaten, you've made a mistake and must set it right. For each person, the specific rules about which type or quantity of food counts as wrong and which counts as right, will vary. But guilt typically only arises when the person feels that what they ate was wrong or bad, and that they must make some kind of amends. The amends vary from person to person too, from going for a workout to burn it off, to trying to eat less tomorrow, to simply sitting with the discomfort of guilt as penance for one's sins. Since the details of what causes food guilt is unique to each individual, Some feel guilt about sugar, others about fat, some about calories, others about portion size or meal timing. I'm going to focus here on the overarching pattern which leads to nearly every single moment of food guilt for everyone. That pattern is the fear of fatness. 99% of the time, 
feeling guilty for eating something is code for worrying that the food will either cause the person to gain weight or to ruin their weight loss goal. If you are afraid of gaining weight, anything you eat which might lead you to gaining weight can be viewed as a mistake, which must be immediately remedied. And likewise, if you hate your body size and want to be smaller, the fear of staying at the same weight can also frame anything you eat as a missed opportunity for weight loss. So where does this fear and loathing of fatness come from? The answer is everywhere. The health, wellness, and fitness industries are obsessed with the notion that being fat is the scariest and worst thing a person can be. Because of this fear of fatness, the ideal weight for a healthy person is often supposed to be whatever is just barely above the level in which they are dangerously unwell and falling apart. Meaning, our fat-phobic society would seem to have us believe we should all be striving to carry the lowest possible body fat percentage that we can without suffering health risks. Our fat-phobic society would have us believe that thinner and leaner is better, healthier, and more attractive, right up until the point where we suffer mental health breakdowns and our organs start slowly shutting down. Think about how the goal of most quote-unquote healthy lifestyle diets is to eat just less than that amount. The goal seems to always be getting a tiny bit leaner or maintaining one's weight at the very least without gaining even one ounce of fat, ever. The problem with that goal is that eating below the level of calories required to run a body makes people feel terrible. Low energy, mood swings, nausea, fatigue, weakness, dizziness, etc. So in order to make this goal functional, a person has to engage in endless calculations and trades and tricks and methods just to try to shuffle around their energy intake and output in a way that leaves them feeling the least terrible. For one person, keto or paleo or low carb might make them feel less terrible when barely eating enough to run their body. For someone else, it might be protein-focused or plant-based or intermittent fasting. In order to avoid blood sugar crashes, headaches, fatigue, mood swings, irritability, and brain fog, a person who is eating barely enough food will likely need special supplements, shakes, bars, and other food hacks throughout the day. Even for someone who isn't dieting, for someone who is just trying to maintain their weight and not get fat, there is this incredibly narrow window of calories which the world has convinced us is optimal, just above the level of falling apart all the time. Given that none of us ever really exactly know how much food we need to thrive each day, there is often a constant hovering sense that we've overstepped, messed up, overshot, or otherwise made a mistake in this precarious calculation. Enter food guilt. Note that I'm not talking about just the goal of crazy crash diets here. I'm talking about regular people who think they are promoting and practicing health and wellness, who are actually promoting and practicing habits intended to make a person as lean as humanly possible without tipping over into dangerous consequences to their organs, mood, energy, hormones, or mental health. This mindset teaches us that the goal of eating should only ever be to just barely eat enough to function and not one bite more. The window of eating right when viewed this way is so narrow that you need carbs for energy, but not too much. You need fats to stay alive, but not too much. Which means that for a lot of people, food guilt is something they experience every single day. Trying to figure out the perfect formula 
to stay inside that narrow golden window of eating right is beyond stressful and confusing. Feeling physically terrible if you undereat and emotionally terrible if you overeat, you end up stuck between a rock and a hard place in which food itself can start to feel dirty and wrong. This is all the result of fat phobia. If we were truly okay culturally, with a wide range of body shape and size diversity, the goal of being as lean as possible wouldn't exist, and the panic of trying to nail this golden window wouldn't either. If you're someone who experiences food guilt on a regular basis, I encourage you to explore your relationship to what is an ideal way of eating, and also to explore your personal relationship to fatness. If your ideal is to eat just below or just barely at the level of calories required to function, as it is for so many people who have been influenced by fear of fatness and diet culture, consider what effect that has on your life. How does this ideal affect your stress and anxiety levels around food? How does fear of fatness affect your self-care and behaviors? How does it affect your mood and energy and ability to thrive? And what do you want to do with that information? You just listened to the post titled, Food Guilt by Jesse Neeland of jessenealand.com. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. I think at times we can distort messages like Jesse's and think to ourselves, well, maybe I should just give up since I'll never achieve the shape and size I want to be. I don't believe that's what Jesse was saying at all. Instead, we may need to rethink our goals a bit. I mean, I'll never be six feet tall. So if I were to set a goal to grow another six inches taller through diet and exercise at my age, would be very unrealistic. Rather, I need to rethink my goal. I need to be okay with the fact that I may never be six feet tall, but I can still become the best version of myself. I can make the best with what I have. I can set the goal of improving myself without letting perfection get in the way of progress. All right, that'll do it for me for today. 
I'll be back here tomorrow for our usual Friday Q&A, so definitely stay tuned for that, where your optimal life awaits.